the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. What difference at this point does it make? Oh, shut up. If you've got health insurance, you can keep it. You like your health care plan, you will keep your plan. If you've got health insurance, you like your doctor, you like your plan, you can keep your doctor, you can keep your plan. I'm as bad as hell, but I'm not going to take this anymore. You Welcome to another thrill-packed edition of Unite, i.e. Radio. My name is Greg Britton. I'm a member of the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Don Dix, who is the head of the Corona chapter of Act for America, a nationwide grassroots national security organization. And our third co-host just had some better things to do today, like go to South Carolina and hear the leading presidential candidates translate that as, of course, Donald Trump and Ted Cruz. And though I think I, th- I think also Jim Gilmore, I heard, is going to be at this event. Boy, how could I miss that? Yeah, they've got a great lineup of speakers. This is a two-day conference, and it uh, sort of emulates the purpose of our Unite IE conservative convention, which is coming up on March 19th. They have uh, uh, a little bit of a different dynamic in South Carolina because the presidential candidate, South Carolina, Carolina is one of those states that, like Iowa, New Hampshire, that's very important in this it's the third, primary. It's the third state to vote, right? So, so you know they they get an opportunity to have those folks uh, come in. Uh, they've got a great lineup. I'm looking through their. Uh, their their speakers and uh you know they've got two days to fill of course we have one day and the common response that i get from folks that attend this event is gosh how come this has never been done before and this of course is for folks that are new to it have never heard about it and this Aren't, is our united IE conservative conference you're talking yes about. yes and uh and, and so i think it's it, it's really important uh this year of course that we pack this place out that we fill the 1,500 seats of the Fox Theater uh, this year because, of course, A, it's a presidential primary. Very, I mean, it's a presidential election year, and we're, you know, ahead of the, you know, presidential primary curve. Arizona follows our convention. Uh, the but, following Tuesday, so the candidates are likely to be out in Arizona that weekend. Yes. And, uh, and we're going to have a great, I'm looking through their list of, of folks. Claire Lopez is going to be there to talk about, of course, she's a former CIA operations manager, very, very involved in the national security arena now uh, with Center for Security You've Policy. You've had her at your Act for Corona meetings, and she is probably the best person to yep. explain the jihad in all of its aspects, both the military and the non-military aspects of the jihad that I've heard from any of the people in this area. Yep. They're going to have uh, Admiral Ace uh, James Lyon, uh, Representative Jeff Duncan, uh, Chris Ann Hall, who's a name that may not be familiar to a lot of people, but she was the uh, she she worked for the uh, a municipality in Florida and she was teaching the Constitution. And uh, she was uh, approached by her boss who said, you can't do both. You can't go outside in your private time and teach the Constitution and work for, I think, the city. I, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, it was some sort of a uh, 
Uh, I think she worked for the district attorney's office or something like that. Anyway, I know she's a lawyer, and I, I can understand that, is you can't have subversives like that working for the government. I mean, imagine somebody working for the government and also trying to teach the U.S. Constitution on their, non, on their private time. I just, you just can't have that. That's right. So, so she ended up uh, getting fired because she refused to stop teaching the Constitution. And now she's become a talk show host. She's a nationally recognized speaker on the Constitution, very impassioned speaker. I would encourage everybody, go out and look up Chris Ann Hall. Chris Ann's one word, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E Hall, because she has a great library, not only of her podcasts, but of her public speeches on her website. And she's she really articulates the founding father's intent very well in her public speeches. Also, Jenny Beth Martin is going to be at the South Carolina uh, Tea Party Convention, who is also... Yeah, she'll be at the United IE Conservative Conference on March 19. Yeah. So it's probably, we should go through the list of speakers that we've already confirmed for this event. Yeah, Frank Gaffney, who's also a great expert on national security affairs. And, he, and one of his areas of emphasis is EMP, electromagnetic pulse, whereby one Iranian or uh, North Korean or other countries nuclear weapon detonated at the right altitude would fry all civilian electronics in the country. And it's been estimated that within a year, um, up to 90% of Americans would be dead, not from nuclear blast, not from nuclear radiation, but from disease, starvation, and breakdown of social order. And that's one of his areas of emphasis. We also have a panel on California politics with uh, Frank... Steve Frank, Frank and Katie Grimes, and that's going to be very fascinating. Those are two very astute observers of California politics. They are. And before we get too far away from Frank Gaffney, by the way, Claire Lopez, who is speaking at the South Carolina Tea Party Convention, and you mentioned has spoken at our ACT chapter, That's her. Uh, Frank Gaffney is her boss. He runs the Center for Security Policy that uh, Claire Lopez is the VP of uh, the uh, in- intelligence area uh, for that organization. Um we also have, uh, I'm sorry, you were, you were saying we have a, this great California panel because there's a lot of stuff that's going on in California that people need to be aware of, especially coming up this year. And then we have uh, Bill Whittle. And he was at our, the, our Christmas party. And he was just fantastic. And one of the amazing things about him, I, talk, I was talking to him afterwards when I was up at the podium, and he, went, he spoke what was, sounded like a prepared speech for probably coming up on 30 minutes or more. And his... Notes were on one large post-it. Yep. And he spoke basically a stream of consciousness. Of course, this the Christmas event was uh, like two weeks after the San Marino terror attack. So both Father Josiah as well as Bill Whittle spoke about uh, you know, the threat of, you know, the Islamist threat, the threat within our country and globally, uh, you know, what, what this represents to us both in terms of our community and our country and uh, it was just a great uh, recap of, of of that threat and yeah. why we need to be concerned about Whittle it. Whittle is one of the best and almost unique in his ability to weave a, a set of facts, logic, and wrap that around emotion. Yep. And he's, I, I find him to be very persuasive and sort of my model of what I would like to be able to do in public speaking. Yeah, he is. And we have uh, uh, also a returning guest this year, Pastor Jack Hibbs, is going to be uh, in our lineup on our agenda. And Pastor Jack Hibbs, who leads the Chino Hills Calvary Chapel, uh, it really exemplifies uh, what we would love to see the entire 
uh, you know, church community leading their congregation in, which is, you know, getting involved, becoming part of the uh, civic conversation, taking faith-based values and actively working them into the civic arena, becoming involved in politics, basically. Right. Someone's, someone, he says that someone is going to decide what a, what a marriage is. Someone is going to decide whether or not it's okay to kill unborn children and a whole series of other issues. And are Christians going to participate as citizens in making those decisions? And his answer is absolutely yes. And he's one of the most effective at this. He also has a huge congregation. So many pastors are afraid either of the IRS, which is not well taken, or because they're afraid that some, that some some of their congregants aren't going to like what they do. But you look at the success, just measured in terms of how many butts he's got in the seats every Sunday. That's right. So, you know, you go to the UniteIE.com website because we're, there's additional information out on the website about the conference. Tickets will be going on sale the latter part of January. But if you stay tuned to the uh, both the AM590.com website as well as the um, – as well as our website, Unite IE Coalition, you'll be getting uh, updates there and you'll be able to buy tickets at the end of January as soon as they go on sale. As my candidate likes to say, it's going to be huge. Oh, very <laughs> huge. Coming up, it's been a busy week between uh, the premiere of the Benghazi movie. We had the State of the Union address, the An- uh, Iran hostage crisis, the brand new Iran hostage crisis uh, that unfolded this week. So we're going to be taking apart those. You're tuned in to the most important station for the most important show, for the most important political office in the country that of the private citizen now a word from our sponsor ed hoffman of wholesale capital corporation a great patriot and the place to go for your real estate lending needs residential and commercial back after this hi this is ed hoffman president of wholesale capital corporation your local direct mortgage lenders it's all but certain now that we are about to see interest rates begin to rise after several years of being spoiled with historically low interest rates but don't panic it's not the end of the world What it does mean is that if you've been thinking about the purchase of a new home, the purchase of a vacation home or investment property, or if you don't want to buy, but you need to refinance the home, you have to lower the rate, remove the mortgage insurance, or to pull out cash to pay higher interest, higher payment, credit cards, auto loans, or student loan debt. Or if you're a senior and have been considering looking into that reverse mortgage thing that everyone seems to be talking about lately, then call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. I'll run the numbers for you and let you know what all your options are, the pros and cons of each one, and help you steer towards a decision that makes the most sense for you and your family. Once again, the number is 855-640-2020, or get me on the web at WCCLoans.com. And listen to my show, The Main Event, Saturdays at 9.30 a.m. and 9 o'clock p.m. and Sundays at 4 o'clock, right here on AM 590, The Answer. AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to the Unite Inland Empire radio program every week at 4 o'clock, right here on AM 590, The Answer. You know, we were talking about uh, our missing co-host, John Hancock, who's back at the South Carolina Tea Party Coalition's annual convention, ran through the lineup of what they're having. And, of course, we're having our conservative conference coming up on March 19th. One of the things that strikes me about the lineup of speakers they have, if you go through it, 
almost two thirds, based on my very quick estimation here, of the individuals speaking are speaking on topics relating to national security, which is interesting because most of the time in elections, economics, the economy, how people are doing financially is the main reason that people get out and vote. And I've been saying you know, ever since the Paris attacks and some of the things leading up to that, that this is sizing up to be a national security based election. And playing right into that, of course, this weekend, the movie 13 Hours opens up, which is Michael Bay's movie about what unfolded from the contractor standpoint, the 13 hours that, uh, that of the attacks. Uh, it's not billed as a political film necessarily, but it's just there to document what it was that those individual what happened on the ground and to show from the standpoint of the three authors of the book uh, who are the contractors there what they lived through uh, that day and of course many of the uh, guests on a lot of the uh, news channels particularly the conservatives have been those individuals uh, the three contractors and uh, this week Megan Kelly had uh, the parents of uh, Sean Smith, as well as Ty Woods on. And so he, let's start off with a clip from that, uh, f- their recent uh, appearance on there in advance of this movie showing. Real guys, you know, uh, Tonto and Oz and Tig telling Michael Bay, this is how it was done. This is how it went down. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, it was uh, Oz, I believe. We were talking after the premiere and he was saying um, when Michael Bay was signed on for the movie, he um, essentially said, if you don't get this right, I'll be a... Uh, I'll be uh, waterboarding you, essentially, you know, uh, only slightly just on the who was very close with Ty, yeah. mm-hmm. and we, ha- we have a picture of him visiting Ty's grave. I mean, he, his death took its toll uh, mm-hmm. on you and on, and on the men who served with him. This is that picture here. We interviewed Oz and the other two guys not long ago. I want, I want to ask Pat, because I know you were there, and my heart goes out to you as a mother. I, I know how difficult it must have been for you, and you were not able to stay throughout the whole movie. I left as soon as Sean came on screen, or the person that portrayed him. I couldn't handle it. Hillary's a liar. I know what she told me. Oh, Pat. I know it must be so hard. I, I, I so many people want to want to put this behind them and say, Hillary sat there and she testified. She testified for her own 13 hours, and they 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 say it's done. They say there's no story about Benghazi and that she did everything she could do through the fog of war. And, and she came right out and said she is not lying, suggesting you are the one who is lying about what happened at that Air Force base. Bull feathers. That's just plain old bull. I know what she said. And not only did she say it, but Obama said the same thing to me, and Panetta, and Biden, and and Susan Rice. I went up to all of them, begging them to tell me what happened. And they, they all said that it was the video, mm-hmm. every one of them. What's incredible, Charles, is you have contemporaneous notes. I mean, in a court of law, this is admissible, if you, if you, if you were at that point, where you, you wrote down what she said. We are going to have the filmmaker arrested who was responsible for the death of my son. That's what you said at the time. When, when I interviewed Oz and Tig and Tonto, their first response was, who has motive to lie? Is it Mr. Woods? Is it Pat Smith? Is it Kate Quigley? Why do you think she she said what she said about when they said somebody's lying? She said, it's not me. You have a choice. 
Who's lying, Obama and Hillary Clinton? Or the mother of one of our fallen heroes and SEALs? Who do you think is lying, Don? And Hillary came out earlier uh, last week, I think, in a sound clip when asked about who was lying. And she said, well, it's not me. Someone's lying, but it's not me. That's good enough for me. You know, but you know, but you know, she now her excuse is fog of war, except that it wasn't the fog of war the night of the attack when she emailed her daughter and said it was a terrorist attack by an Al Qaeda affiliate. It wasn't the fog of war the next day when she talked to the president of Egypt or the prime minister of Egypt and said it was the video had nothing to do with it. It suddenly became the fog of war. When it was politically expedient, when she had to tell something to the families of those that were fallen there. We haven't even talked about her gross incompetence leading up to September 11, 2012. That's right. placed our guys there who had, their, their security was a bunch of unreliable local Libyans. The CIA, they, hired, they knew how dangerous it was. They hired former SEALs, former Rangers, former Green Berets. Great to protect their people in, in Benghazi. Yep, they did. And, uh, you know, one of the things Megyn Kelly said in here is after Hillary Clinton's testimony, the establishment said, well, it's done. It's over. And the, the thing that just echoed back in my mind as I was listening to that clip again was, no, it's not done. You know, ever since I got uh, sort of politically active, I've had on my Facebook page uh, you know, remember the Benghazi four. It's been the header on my Facebook page ever since. I have a ribbon in my profile picture that says, remember Benghazi. And I got to thinking the other day about why do I still have that? You know, people change their profile pictures and their banners and their Facebook page. I've never changed it. I've never been motivated to change it. Never wanted to change it. And I got to thinking about why. Why was it that, you know, I I still have that up there? And for me, Benghazi represents the nexus of an of a an administration that has used its power and influence to deceive the american people and for me the benghazi event stands out as a clear example of how the administration has politicized this event because it was happening right before the election in 2012 didn't want people to know that al-qaeda al-qaeda was on the run remember that right al-qaeda was on the run and for them to 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 have to admit that this was a terrorist attack would mean the reemergence would mean the defeat potentially of that narrative but it also to me benghazi represents a level of incompetence on the part of the administration not addressing the security concerns in Libya and and what you know was unfolding in that entire region for the years prior to that with the Arab Spring this Benghazi was a nexus of all of that and then of course the the, the opening chapter of Syria what happened you know many people speculate Claire Lopez speculates that the reason that these people were in Benghazi and at this annex was they were there to move the weapons that had been stockpiled in there from the Libyan, uh, you know, trying to quell the Libyan uprising, moving them over to Syria. Well, our, our guest last week, the investigative journalist Ken Timmerman told us that. And, right. Uh, well, Ambassador Stevens, they said, met with the Turkish diplomat. What um, Timmerman told us last week was that, quote, diplomat, unquote, was actually the head of Turkish military intelligence in Libya. Right. And there's another aspect of this that's, that's now emerging. The story all along was no military forces were available to come to the rescue. Yep. So they didn't even try. 
Well, we know there's an email that's been released that the uh, deputy to then Secretary Panetta emailed Hillary Clinton that night that says, our forces are spinning up. And the great investigative journalist, Cheryl Ackerson, who had to leave CBS because they wouldn't let her do her stories, says now there's overwhelming evidence that rescue teams sent to aid the U.S. consulate in Benghazi on September 11, 2012, had turned back before arriving. Right. And, you know, as it relates to Hillary, she made a big issue in her 2008 campaign. Who do you want answering that 3 a.m. call, me or Barack Obama? She went home that night. And as it turns out, you don't want you you don't want either one of them answering that 3 a.m. call because Barack Obama took off for his fundraiser in Las Vegas. She goes home and left our people to fend for themselves. And so for me, Benghazi is the is the nexus of so many things that are wrong with this administration and corruption, incompetence, lying, deceit. Yep. And that's why I've never taken it down. It, it, for me, it, that's what it represents. And I, and I don't think until Hillary gets a striped suit or Barack Obama, until this thing is resolved in in a way that I think that we can be satisfied with. I don't know that I'll ever take it down. Time for another word from Ed Hoffman of Wholesale Capital Corporation, the place to go for your real estate lending needs, residential and commercial. More after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, president of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lenders. It's all but certain now that we are about to see interest rates begin to rise after several years of being spoiled with historically low interest rates. But don't panic. It's not the end of the world. What it does mean is that if you've been thinking about the purchase of a new home, the purchase of a vacation home or investment property, or if you don't want to buy, but you need to refinance the home, you have to lower the rate, remove the mortgage insurance, or to pull out cash to pay higher interest, higher payment, credit cards, auto loans, or student loan debt. Or if you're a senior and have been considering looking into that reverse mortgage thing that everyone seems to be talking about lately, then call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. I'll run the numbers for you and let you know what all your options are, the pros and cons of each one and help you steer towards a decision that makes the most sense for you and your family. Once again, the number is 855-640-2020 or get me on the web at wccloans.com. And listen to my show, The Main Event, Saturdays at 9.30 a.m. and 9 o'clock p.m. and Sundays at 4 o'clock right here on AM 590, The Answer. AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to Unite, i.e. radio. Former President and General Dwight David Eisenhower said that history does not long entrust the care of freedom to the weak or the timid. And the naive, the uninformed, the gullible, and the uninvolved aren't going to do much better either. Is it, did he include those names in his uh, in this quote, or he was did, that? He did did not, you, I'm, I'm adding that. That's that, that's that's the Greg Britton corollary to what Eisenhower said. Yeah, you know, one of the things that strikes me the past two or three years, um, how important thing how important this moment in time is 2016 we have an election year this week an individual that's associated with one of our groups passed away he was 70 something years old had uh was very frustrated with the changes that he saw in the country with what this administration does is doing with you know and it's not just this administration it's the it's the whole change in direction that's come about in the education Arena, you know, you've got universities. Ninety to ninety-five percent of all the administrators and professors are, are self-admitted. Most of them progressives. That uh, is this nice word that we use to paper over the underlying uh, real worldview, being a socialist Marxist worldview. And he, so he got involved, and 
there's a survey that came out recently that said by the year 2040, the second largest religion based on current trends in the United States is going to be Islam. And I got to thinking, you know, here it is 2016, 2040, 24 years around the corner. We literally have a window of 15 to 20 years max to to get this country turned around back to where it should be and what makes this country great. And, and no longer can we sit, can we sit idly by, you know, on our couches watching it unfold on news. It, this is the time to get involved. And my hope is that this election year gets enough people aware, gets enough people involved that they'll get off the couch, get down into the field, strap on the uniform and start playing for Team America. It should be nice to have a president that's playing for 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 Team America. Uh Diana West, who wrote an article saying that uh, endorsing Ted Cruz, or, no, sorry, endorsing Donald Trump over Ted Cruz, and she says that uh, yeah, Cruz would, would you know would do you know he might do all these wonderful things that someone else had recommended, defund Planned Parenthood, get rid of Obamacare, etc. But she says that however the Constitution, the Republic would be no more secure. On the contrary, they would still teeter on the edge of extinction, lost in a demographic, political, and cultural transformation that our founding fathers and otherwise would find inconceivable. Mm. It's, on a much, it's on a much more fundamental level. It's, it's not so much Obamacare. It's not so much this or that policy. They're changing the character of the country. We could go on about the reasons for getting involved, but this is the year. We need people to get off the couch. We've got this great conservative conference coming up. You can go to the UniteIE.com website, get more information about the groups, that are involved in the conference coming up more after the break. I'll keep my freedom. I watch the news and have to wonder if this country's going crazy. Talking about how much they love it here, but how they want to rearrange it. I'm just your average Joe, and that makes me smart enough to know there's a bunch of us out here that feel the same. Gonna keep our God, our freedom, a little more. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio. My name is Greg Britton with my co-host today, uh, Don Dix. Our third co-host is in South Carolina at the Tea Party Conference back there where he's hearing from Donald Trump and Ted Cruz and the ever-famous Jim Gilmore. (laughs) And a cast of others, including many national security experts. Pat Cadell, who was Jimmy Carter's pollster, and he's often a guest on on Fox News. Maybe he's a former former, uh, contributor. He said recently on an interview on Breitbart Radio, there is no evidence that this is an election about ideology. It is an election about insurgency. He says the real paradigm in this race is a race between those who think that the political class has raped the country and done it for their own benefit, while most Americans suffer, who believe their country is in decline, who want it reversed. That is is the real issue in this campaign. And I agree. You know, President Obama at the uh, State of the Union address made kind of a throwaway comment, but I think that it kind of exemplifies exactly what Pacadell is getting to and what is inspiring the people that are answering the Trump trumpet, if you will. He said he made this throwaway comment about the, the, the only people that have an assurance of a 30 year job and a retirement and benefits when they retire, the people sitting in this room. And of course, everybody laughed. 
But that's but that's an interesting comment to take apart because first of all, we do have now this class of career politicians and career uh, politics. You know, you've got the the infrastructure in Washington D.C. that's all geared around steering the policies that come out of Washington, the lobbyists and so forth. But you know. Was it Thomas Jefferson that said that, you know, they shouldn't be able to vote themselves a, uh, you know, these kinds of benefits that that basically that the Congress should never vote themselves a law that doesn't also apply to the people. And that's exactly what's happened. Exemplifying this is that under Obamacare, one of the little things to try to get it through was that Congress would and its staff would supposedly be under Obamacare. And what did they do? So what did they do so they could get subsidies is they changed the law. The, the, the administration just issued a rule allowing them to do that. Then they went onto the D.C. exchange and certified that they are a small business so they and their staffs can get taxpayer subsidized, contrary to the law, health insurance when they were, when they should, they're not supposed to be getting it. They're supposed to be suffering under the same law that the rest of us are out here. And that just exemplifies, in my mind, the Washington, D.C. ruling class. And it, and, it, and it really speaks to why Trump is being, you know, is being so popular. He just had this uh, massive event where he had to turn away 5,000 people in Pensacola, Florida. He speaks for an hour and a half without teleprompters in this sort of improv stream of consciousness stuff. He started out for five minutes talking about berating the cameramen for not turning around and showing the audience. And then later, you know, he spent five minutes talking about how he wasn't going to pay the people. Uh, the mic was, you know, apparently a pretty bad microphone and it and, and how he wasn't going to pay those uh, microphone uh, contractors. But he he. He resonates with people because when he's up there speaking, there's no, they don't feel a separation. They don't feel like there's somebody that's there that's talking down to them. It's not a prepared campaign speech that he delivers. In fact, I think that's part of the reason that these events are so big is that people are going there almost for a show. He's never going to deliver the same thing twice, but they know in, at the bottom uh, – at the bottom of all of his presentations is going to be a resonance, a connectedness about the frustration with what's going on in the country. Right. It's more than it's more than it's more than the Trump show. When people stand in line for hours, Florida is not so bad, especially at this time of year. Uh, people, but they were standing in line for hours in uh, sub-zero temperatures in Massachusetts to hear him, and it, it, he's resonating more than that. It's it's what Cadell said. It's what Angela Cordovia said. Most voters feel under assault by every major, by every single major institution, and look to Trump as someone who will take their side. Yeah, there's no equivocating about how we need this or that department. You've got you got this situation in Oregon that hasn't even gotten much press, where you know the Hammonds, uh, you know, ranchers are sitting in prison now because they became the targets of an out of control judiciary. You got the ranchers that are up there trying to call attention to what's going on across the Western United States, where there's this huge federal land grab going on to move money to move land back under the control of the Bureau of Land Management. They're trying, they're trying to run ranchers that have been there and their families have been there for generations. They're trying to run them off the land to uh, as part of Agenda Twenty One sustainability, just to drive people off the, out of the, off the land and into cities. 
And they're exercising their First Amendment rights and their Second Amendment rights. And it's because they're carrying guns into this volatile situation that you have people on the left characterizing them as terrorists. You've got uh, Montel Williams tweeting out, send in the National Guard and kill those terrorists. I mean, what... This these are this exemplifies the the frustration that people are having right now with and for for many people it could be you know we're coming up now April fifteenth people are filing their taxes I've seen uh, posts going through Facebook of first time filers you know having to reckon with all of a sudden they owe the government money because they haven't had the right amount of money withheld um, you know you've got. People who all sorts of folks that are dealing with all, you know, these government bureaucracies that are out of control, whether it's the EPA, you know, taking their sphere of influence upstream from navigable waters into ponds that form once every 100 years that ultimately feed into saying we have now control over those pieces of land and you can't build on them. Notwithstanding uh, at least one prior U.S. Supreme Court decision saying that they can't do that and that the puddle in your backyard or on the farmer's field is not part of what the EPA does have jurisdiction over the navigable waters of the United States. But that doesn't stop them. No, it, oh, it doesn't. And no one else really seems to be stopping them either. Uh, one, last, one last quote here from my, my, my favorite, uh, Jeff Sessions, Senator Jeff Sessions. And he's referring to the ruling class. Well, the masters of the universe are very fond of open borders as long as those open borders don't extend to their gated compounds and fenced off estates. The job of elected officials is to answer to the people who sent them to Washington, not to scorn them, not to demean them, not to mock them, and not to sell their jobs and dreams to the highest bidder. And with that, we will have a word from the sponsor for this half of Unite IE Radio, All-Star Collision, the place to go if you have an accident, because they are the kings of wreck and roll. Back after this. When you're on an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For over 20 years, All-Star Collision and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. They offer free pickup and delivery, free estimates, and they're approved by all major insurance companies. They repair aluminum and fiberglass bodies with computerized frame straightening to get your car or truck back to factory spec perfection. You'll have your vehicle back fast and in showroom condition, safety checked, washed and detailed, fluids topped off with a lifetime warranty on paint and repairs. So exercise your freedom of choice and call All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll, at 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. 951-279-9161. All-Star Collision, 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. This is Senator Mike Morrell asking you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday at 4 o'clock on AM 590, The Answer. Here with Reaction State Department spokesman John Kirby is with us. Mr. Kirby, good to see you, sir. Good to be with you. Thanks very much, John. Simple question. Do you acknowledge that Iran is a state sponsor of terror? Absolutely. Okay. And as state sponsor of terror, will you acknowledge that they have assisted in fighting proxy wars, including battles against Israel? Absolutely. All right. So they're not really a regime that can be trusted. Fair statement? 
Well, we've never said that we're in a we're in a, a, a trust relationship with Iran. Far from it. In fact, we've said quite the opposite. And that was Sean Hannity interviewing the uh, press secretary for the State Department, uh, John Kirby, regarding the little situation that unfolded earlier this year with uh, or this week, rather, with uh, Iran capturing two naval vessels in the Persian Gulf. I have a question, and I, I, I've heard no one ask the question alone and answer it. Who ordered our ships, our sailors, and I've seen pictures of those boats with uh, their arm, multiple machine guns, and probably uh, some grenade launchers as well, sur- to surrender to some Iranian motorboats. Who ordered them to surrender? Yes. Because they shouldn't. Absolutely. You know, so you see this picture, and this is important, particularly in that area of the world, when they see the American sailors kneeling down before the Iranian Revolutionary Guard with their hands behind their neck. Hands behind their heads. That carries far, that carries tremendous symbolism, and it's, and it's emblematic of what Obama is doing to the American military and to our perception around the world. This is huge in the world of Islam to have the great Satan on video, pictured kneeling in front of their Iranian captors, and then apologizing to the Iranian regime. Do you know the reaction that that's probably getting throughout the Middle East, throughout Islamist countries? This is huge symbolism for them, and it basically means that the uh, that the is- Islamic world is dominating the great Satan. Got them on their knees. Absolutely, those per- those perceptions, those images are are vitally important. They think they're winning. That's why when ISIS still exists. And they can do, and they can do what they want to do, and no one does anything that effectively stops them. Is sending a message to the jihadists all over the world. They're in the process of losing. The Obama administration is losing the war in Afghanistan. The Taliban is gaining ground. Almost ISIS, as much as before the war started. The, the number of since Obama took office, the number of, of Taliban fighters has gone from something like fourteen thousand to sixty thousand. Now, what would? The, this happened, of course, the day of or the day before and then made the news headlines the day of the State of the Union address. What would a president, Donald Trump, what would a president, Ted Cruz, what would a, another president giving the State of the Union that night have done or said regarding this? Because Obama didn't even reference it. He didn't even reference the terror attack, the largest since 9-11 from San Bernardino. Didn't even reference some of those key things that uh, that I would think you know you would be referencing. I would want to believe in it, that under President Trump, my guy to do, to be to be upfront, that they wouldn't have surrendered in the first place, and because they had gotten themselves thrashed before, Iran wouldn't even consider trying to capture or attack any of our ships or sailors in that region or any other region of the world. Right. They they probably would have uh, just said, hey, you're 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 not supposed to be here. Turn around and go away or even assisted because one of the one of the boats, you know, ostensibly broke down, ran out of gas. We don't know what yet. But had that happened and it happened in in Iranian waters, uh, you would think that a powerful United States would have caused the Iranian uh, guards that were there to have just assisted them in turning around and not taken this opportunity to make a media splash of it all they were armed our guys were armed the ships were armed thank you very much we're just we're waiting for a tow we're waiting for a repair your assistance is not needed don't come any closer 
Absolutely. So it wasn't mentioned in the State of the Union address. Um, maybe we'd take a minute or two here to talk about our thoughts from the State of the Union address. I thought it was less a State of the Union address and more a State of Denial address. Well, that's true. I mean, he's, he's, when it comes to internet, especially international affairs, it is a state of denial or worse. You talked about how we were, you know, we're more respected around the world today than before, which flies in the face. We opened up with this, you know, Iranian hostage thing. And here at the State of the Union address, he's saying that we're America is more respected around the world today than before he took office. And this is as Iran is circulating these pictures of the 10 naval hostages. I'm not sure. Maybe Obama believes that. Maybe he doesn't. But certainly anyone else in the world doesn't believe that. Remember that great video where the um, Egyptian television, where they take the video of him saying that climate change is the greatest problem or threat in the world, and they're laughing at him. Well, exactly. And he, you know, climate change was woven around uh, throughout his State of the Union address. I thought it was pretty interesting when he was talking about and, and I, you know, I will give him credit for one thing or maybe even there's a couple of things. I thought the initiative to take on cancer was an interesting um, approach in the State of the Union address. And I thought a very viable and, and, and important area. You know, we should be leading in the medical area throughout the country, I, throughout the world. I think cancer is a very viable uh, enemy to point, you know, our, our medical technology at. But in, in, in talking about this and reigniting what he called the spirit of innovation to meet our biggest challenges, he uses the example of when Russia uh, launched Sputnik into space. We didn't deny the science or shrink our budget, which is a direct reference to the people that deny the, what, what is ostensibly supposed to be the science behind climate change. Well, no, and the apples and oranges, an event that happens, launching of Sputnik, that you can fly in space, that you can put an object into orbit, were absolutely true. Climate change, and we don't really have time to go into it, is a hoax. And we know that the, the lead reason is supposedly CO2 increases temperature. Despite increasing CO2 since roughly 1997, there has been no increase in global temperatures. And we saw the same thing from roughly 1940 to about 1975 to 1980. Again, increasing CO2 levels, decreasing temperatures. So the data up front does not meet their, given the benefit of the doubt, quote, theory, unquote. I thought it was interesting how he opened up and thanked Speaker Ryan for his work on establishing a budget that he was willing to sign. Well, absolutely. I mean, Obama at least now has a, um, a Speaker of the House and a Majority Leader in the Senate that are effective for him and will help him Im- implement his agenda. And then, of course, he extolled the virtues of his economy, forgetting to f- failing to address the fact that we have a 40-year low in workforce participation and the fact that more Americans have dropped out of the workforce, more Americans are collecting food stamps, more Americans are collecting welfare. Wages, wages are down. And w- stagnant wage growth. All of this. He uh, Heritage just had a piece recently. If the economy had grown as lo- just an average economic recovery, it would be $1.8 trillion larger than it is now. Right. If it had grown as wet, done as well, good as under Ronald Reagan, it would be $2.8 trillion larger. 
how many more jobs, how much more prosperity, how much in higher wages, and even in higher tax revenues you would get if the economy were $2.8 trillion larger. And you had a perfect launching pad for a rebounding economy coming out of that that crushing dip that we had back in 2008, the bad economy. Those are perfect slingshots to launch that kind of economy. But, of course, when you burden it with the kinds of things that he did with Obamacare and a number of other things, you're not going to get that kind of recovery. And we see see the results. Ronald Reagan versus Barack Hussein Obama. Time for another word from the sponsor for this half of Unite IE Radio, All-Star Collision, the place to take your car if you have an accident because they are truly the kings of wreck and roll. Back after this. When you're on an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For over 20 years, All-Star Collision and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. They offer free pickup and delivery, free estimates, and they're approved by all major insurance companies. They repair aluminum and fiberglass bodies with computerized frame straightening to get your car or truck back to factory spec perfection. You'll have your vehicle back fast and in showroom condition, safety checked, washed and detailed, fluids topped off with a lifetime warranty on paint and repairs. So exercise your freedom of choice and call All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll at 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. 951-279-9161. All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. AM590. The answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio. It would be remiss if we did not note that this coming Monday will be Martin Luther King's birthday. And uh, he's famous for saying that I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. For 50, 60, 70 years, starting in 1877, after the North withdrew its troops from the South, the Democrats took charge and they systematically violated the constitutional rights of African Americans, of our black citizens, by denying them equal protection of the law and due process guaranteed by the 14th Amendment, and the right to vote guaranteed by the 15th Amendment. They ignored these constitutional provisions. The courts did not enforce them. Plessy versus Ferguson that upheld separate but equal in the 1890s is just one example. So Dr. King recognized this in his famous I Have a Dream speech. And he says, when the architects of our republic wrote the magnificent words of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence, they were signing a promissory note to which every American was to fall heir. This note was a promise that all men, yes, black men as well as white men, would be guaranteed the unalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And we see the experience of what happened to African Americans from roughly 1877 to the 1960s of what happens to our liberties and our freedoms when we don't observe and do not follow the Constitution. So it's not just somebody else's rights and liberties that are at risk when we don't follow the Constitution. It's everyone's rights and liberties. And when we see the Constitution being trampled upon right and left these days, 
Beware, be warned. Didn't the day following the State of the Union address, this administration basically made the statement that watch out for the next year, that Barack Obama and his pen in terms of executive authority was just going to be running rampant, that they were going to ramp up. If it, Basically, if you thought that Barack Obama was busy before with executive orders, just wait for this year. He plans all sorts of actions. And we come back to the ruling class and the establishment Republicans. The one chance they had to restrain him and stop him was in the budget, the constitutional power of the purse. And they took a total pass, giving him carte blanche authority and the money to do whatever he pleased in his agenda. Then, if you're interested in a, in a, in a laugh, the Republicans are meeting this weekend for their annual retreat. And uh, one of them was saying, well, you know, we're going to reassert our, our position and our role by exercising our constitutional power of the purse. Well, you already had that chance. You've already passed the budget and the spending for the rest of Barack Hussein Obama's administration. For them, it's always next time. Well, we'll fight next time. We'll try to fight next time. It's never this time. It's never now. The, the statement is, brace yourselves. Obama's planning to issue audacious executive orders this year. This coming from his administration directly. This isn't an interpretation of what we see planning. This is an exact quote, an audacious executive orders this year. We don't follow that constitution, as we just pointed out. All of our rights and liberties are not secure. But it takes people standing up. So it's not just, I mean, the the founders thought that was, you know, there was a this possibility. Yep. That's why, that's why they built a government of checks and balances, not only among the three branches of executive, Congress, and the courts, but also between the states and the federal government, and ultimately back to the citizens. So they envisioned that you might have somebody like Barack Hussein Obama running amok and running and trampling the Constitution and people's rights. But what they expected was the other branches and the states and the people would be mindful of their liberties and their constitutional prerogatives and stop the runaway executive. Absolutely. And the only thing that can do that is a well-informed citizenry. And making the full loop back to our opening segment, the time to be the time to be getting involved is this year. The event to be getting involved with is our upcoming national security national security conference, our upcoming conservative conference on March nineteenth, which is going to emphasize national security. So save that date, folks, and we'll be giving we'll be having some of our guests on the United IE Radio program in the weeks coming up to that. Uh, we'll be talking more about the uh, guests that will be a, a part of that and how important it is and giving you many, many more reasons as to why you need to attend that and connect with the groups throughout the uh, Inland Empire that are doing the work that Greg speaks of. Absolutely, and we are out of time for this week. So much news, so little time. Tune in again next week for another edition of Unite, i.e. Radio. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.